Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside our friend, Mr. Joe Aitken, here for another compelling conversation about trees. Joe, we've hit March, beautiful time of the year, fun time of the year, but uh, a lot of people chomping at the bit, ready to go, ready to get in the trees again. How, how are you, man? How, how are things going over in Michigan? It's good. It's good. We're... Um... The Great Lakes, uh, we just had another wet snowstorm. Um, then we hit 50. Really muddy. Guys are getting excited. I've seen some crab apples, some red butts swelling. So a little nervous because it's a little early. Because um, after that, they don't get acclimated, which we discussed in one of our previous podcasts. Uh, trees could start a process of opening back up for the season and a quick frost can do a lot of damage. So nervous about that. Um, but I think I think we're in a pivotal time in the industry with wrapping up trade shows, talking to a lot of customers, get them all excited for the season. And uh, you, like myself, we end up with a lot of presentations where we present to the industry. So um, I think that would be fun to, to talk about. Um, kind of what you got going out there, presentations you're going to um, present on topics, what I've been talking on, and see if we just can't, just can't motivate that next, that next generation of uh, a green care professional. How's that sound? I think that sounds perfect. And that'll tie in with our last conversation with Dr. Rich Hauer, uh, my previous professor at Wisconsin Stevens Point. Because he, he's also on the traveling circuit. And do you know, Joe, I think a lot of people ask us and they go, hey, what's it like traveling the country, traveling whatever region we're in, talking to people about trees? And it's not what I thought I would do when I was younger, but it's a lot of fun, isn't it? I don't I don't think anybody ever expects that this is what you planned on doing. Mm. But like a lot of our other podcasts, I think you morph that direction because the ones that can do it can do it uh just not i I could talk i was at the restaurant tonight and i could talk about trees to anybody oh yeah and i know you can too but to stand up in front of 300 of your peers it could be it could be very intimidating yeah so in, in not everybody can do it yeah no you're right intimidating for sure and then if if you add the element of you know, there are some folks in the room that either have a cannabis background or a lawn care background. All of a sudden you're, you're looking at, you know, not just pesticides, but we're talking about trees and plants as these living organisms that respond to this whole approach. We do, we, we talk so often about, you know, PHC plant healthcare, IPM, which is integrated pest management approach. And all of it is really getting at the root of how are the practices we're doing, whether it's cultural, mechanical, or spray, how is that affecting a plant? And then for you and I, how do we communicate that to a room full of, you know, mixed levels of where people are in their career? Yeah. You want to know what we laugh about this all the time. I'm such a tree dork. I was talking today. Um, we talked about what the end, what the, what the public perceives what we do. Yes. And what we really do. I had a pretty funny clip, movie clip that I show everybody with guys spraying each other with pesticides. 
And I'm like, that's not what we do. We have a bigger obligation to the world in the green industry to take care of the surface of the earth. So I dorked out and I talked about mitosis and the Krebs cycle. Oh, cool. You want, you want, you want to talk about people's eyes glazing over? I, I, had, I had to switch through that pretty quick. But you're right, Corey. We're talking about living organisms. We, we mention this on a podcast regularly. That in, in another question I asked, the, I had a presentation today uh, for a, uh, a landscape association, they call them their universities. And my first question is, as they, I was kind of losing them. I only had a couple arborists in the room and the rest of them were just more of us you know, landscapers doing various uh, parts of the trade. Sure. And I asked them, I says, how many of you guys take care of trees? And one guy out of the whole room, like, all right, so we're not alone. I said, how many guys take care of turf? Everybody else had turf. All right. So I told them, what is the big difference between turf and trees? And then they're all, they're all standing there looking at me like, well, one's grass and one's a tree. Like, yeah, but what is the difference in a living organism? What's the definition of a tree? Right. And I'm letting them letting them row. I said, I'll just drink water until someone says something. And I finally says, the difference is a tree is just a, a long-lived perennial with a woody stem. It's still a perennial. It's still a plant. It's still growing. It still needs the essential building blocks that turf needs to grow. So why would you not take care of trees on your day-to-day instead of just going around them. Then I had them. Then I had them. So then they realized that arbor culture isn't $250,000 forestry rigs, $80,000 chippers, a stumper. Mm -hmm. You can still be a a very successful arborist on the terrestrial side, on staying on the ground. So – not to ramble too much, but it was it was it's always good to see somebody in the audience. Um, you, you can see it click when you yeah. got to them, see them click. Now they're engaged in the conversation and you're asking them questions, you're making them answer. Um, that's the exciting part about this time of the year is maybe maybe you find the next rich hour out there because they listen to you or I one day and they're like, that's what I'm gonna do, and off they go. How cool would that be? I mean, the, the the presentation, the talk I gave this week, it's called What's Your Why? And I spoke to a room of 300 people. And it, once again, it was kind of a mixed audience. And I just challenged people, what is your why? Why are you in, in, in this industry? If you're just looking for a, a paycheck, there's other jobs you could do that pay way more that have less stress. What's your why? And then, you know, we kind of pause, let people think about it. Some people are in it for the money. A lot of people are in it for the passion. And then kind of a follow-up question I had to folks was, okay, how many of you interact with the public? And almost everybody's hands went up, which was immediately followed by, all right, how many of you have had training on how to interact or communicate with the public? And about two hands went up out of a group of 300. So as we're talking, as you and I talk, and as our listeners are, are tuning in and, and trying to get little nuggets and pieces of information out of our conversations, I think that's a place where collectively we as an industry, as a green industry, can do better. You know, not just in the tree world, but in the turf world. How do we and how do we do that, Joe? Is is something that I'm gonna scratch my head over for a while and 
you know, we're trying to raise the bar. We're trying to help people. But at the end of the day, you, the listener and, and us, we need to be accountable for how we're presenting ourselves and how we're interacting with other people. And it, it's a great opportunity. It, it, it really is. And I, I think you're right on about how we present ourselves um, and the way we carry ourselves. Um, a quick story is that I had an opportunity, oh, I guess it's got to be 10 or 12 years ago. Um, Michigan ISA had a their conference in Lansing um, on Tuesday night, the Michigan State Forestry Club meets. And they meet in a room called the Polar Bear Room, which is a conference center, or a little conference room right out of the, inside the Natural Resource Building. So I asked a bunch of arborists to come with me. Uh, to go introduce arbor culture, urban forestry to MSU forestry students. So I start things off and I got this pres presentation about urban forestry and blah, 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 and all the fun stuff about it. And then I had a a, man, or a, a distributor there. He was talking about uh, providing tools and resources for the industry, a couple managers. And there's this one arborist in the back. Remember, good buddy of mine. Sitting back there all laid back, leaning over on the couch, goes, eh, I just kill trees for a living. <laughs> and I stopped, I looked at him, I said, Aaron, really? That is your that is your advice to the next generation. You had an opportunity. It's like the last first time you get to introduce something to these minds that are sponging up information. And that was your answer. <laughs> we, we gave him so much crap about that all night long. That he still gets it when we see him. Uh, just kill trees. <laughs> oh my God, Aaron, I love you, but so you, it's almost like a first date when mm. you and I present. You have the first time, or the first, the last first time mm -hmm. to make a to make a difference. So I think that's why you and I we we kind of that's why I do it. Um, is that you get an opportunity to bring new life into the industry, maybe inspire somebody that there is more to it than just making a buck. Um, well, it's, it's, needed. it's, it's totally needed, Joe. I, I work pretty closely in my small community with some, some friends that work in, in different lines of work. It's still blue collared work. And we talk about all the time we talk about, Okay, who's going to replace you? Where where are they learning these things? But more importantly, where are they getting motivated to learn and do these things? You know, for instance, our our friend is is in the HVAC world, so okay. uh, think furnaces, heating, all that. You can go to school to get a job working on and overhauling you know HVAC systems, and I think that's amazing. And we were talking about. Where are you going to find the next generation? How do you inspire the younger ones? And he was talking about shop classes in high school. You know, he was talking about every opportunity he gets in front of kids or if they're at a house when he's, when he's, you know, overhauling a unit, he'll point out certain things to them and try to get them engaged even at a young age. Because I remember seeing tree climbers when I was just, you know, eight, 10, 12 years old. So maybe there's something to it. You know, maybe every time we are interacting with the public, or we have an opportunity to pass on some positivity and, and some insight into our industry, maybe as a, as a group of, of tree care and landscape professionals, maybe we ought to capitalize on that just a little more. 
I think you're right. I think um, not just us as individuals. I know every now and then on social, you see a lot of people doing um, university uh, job fairs and high school job fairs. Are we, are we not, are we not approaching them young enough? Because we're still a deficit of people coming into the industry. Um, How do we, where do we start? You know, I was thinking about, uh, there's a pin oak in front of my kids' elementary. Horrible specimen. Half dead. And nobody does a thing about it. I just want to cut it down, replant it, and do a class on proper tree, proper plant. And donate a tree, plant a nice bald and burlap tree there and maintain it for 10 years so it gets established. Do we have to go to that grassroots level? Um, you know, do we have to get into breaking stereotypes of what this industry is? You know, uh, we've had guests on the past that um, we talked about women of industry. Sure. You know, why are... I know it's a male-dominated field, but are we doing a good enough job on introducing this industry to women also? Are we missing a boat on something? No, I think think that is a great question. And Joe, I wish I had an answer for that. Part of my talk today was talking about the differences, not just in our culture, not just in our genders, but the age groups. Right. You, you got the boomers, Gen uh, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials somewhere in there. What did, what are the motivations behind each of these groups? What's different behind each group? And why are we the way we are? And Joe, I got to tell you, I think that there are a lot more females, which is a good thing, in the tree and landscape industry now than when I was really cutting my teeth on it. Uh, 10, 12 years ago, back in Wisconsin. I mean, they think there's way more now, which is a good thing. I will say in the 20 years before I got in with Arborjet, and just so the listeners know, I've been here for got 21 plus years. I only worked with one woman in all the years. And I only worked for a small, a couple of very, two, only two small tree care companies. I never moved around much. That was a big thing back in early days that you would move around from three or four companies in Southeast Michigan for a dime more every spring. You'd bounce over to one company to the next company. Everybody's bouncing around. And uh, there's always, there was only one woman in that whole time that I worked with and she was in the plant healthcare division and she was amazing. Mm. But I think that there's an opportunity in not just plant healthcare. I'm not trying to stereotype that that's all they can do by God, by all means, uh, some of the most amazing climbers in the world are women. Sure. Agriculture, but I don't think that they realize what a successful career there is in this field for them. Oh, absolutely. So maybe, you know, instead of complaining about it, we got to figure out a why that they don't feel welcome in it. Yeah. And Corey, how can you not feel welcome with a bunch of tree guys that love the earth and you know well you ground shores barefoot and you know just loving life and loving the world how can you i don't know it just it just seems like such a welcoming industry but that's from my my seat my view guy my glasses 
Absolutely. And that's, and that's also the view that we want any, anybody, whether you're male or female coming into the industry, that's what we want you to have. We want you to have that welcoming feeling. We know, I know, you know, we've all met people that are are not open-minded that, you know, maybe have their minds other places or, or whatever. But as a whole, I don't think, I really don't think that's where we are. I think we've progressed a lot more than that. I think most, uh, most males in this industry do want the best. You know, a lot of us are married. A lot of us have sisters, wives, whatever. A lot of us are just, you know, we want to do good in general. So yeah, ladies, let's give shout out to the ladies. Let's go. Let's well, go. I'm going to throw some props out. Just a few uh, well-known women of the industry. Sure, let's do the it. Executive director of ISA is Caitlin Pollahan. Yes, Caitlin, and she's amazing, a woman of industry. You know, we had Heidi Fry on. Yeah, uh, works with Michigan DNR. Um, but one that I don't think much pe- many people know that most of the publications through ISA were written by an amazing female arborist, Sharon Lilly. Ah, uh, yeah. so we don't. I don't that they get the credit enough to where women can be inspired. So Deb, Deb McCullough. Uh, Deb, Dr. Deb McCullough. Um, yeah, there's, maybe that's what we need to do. Well, and I, I've I got, know. I, I've got a shout out to Constance. She's a local, local Bartlett lady, really tearing it up here in Colorado. You know, I know she's, she's one of the few business owners out here or managers out here and, She's making an impact and she knows what she's doing. So yeah, there's my, there's my shout out to Constance. And uh, we've got tons of female climbers that tune in pretty frequently. So yeah, they're getting after it. Plant healthcare ladies, especially some of the ladies over um, in Aspen, you're doing a great job. As long as I've been oh in the industry. God, like Dr. Stephanie Adams over at the Morton Arboretum. She's got to come on the first episode at some point. Oh, she'd be amazing to have on. So we got to, I think we need to, the world needs to know that this is where we're at. And I think, I think in our presentations, we can put a little shout out here and there. Well, and that's, Um, that's, that's actually interesting, Joe, because I've started to incorporate more photos with, with, you know, knowing the conversations they have in the past and obviously trying to be a little more progressive and open-minded and, and get the crowd open-minded. I've been vigilant to add more more diverse photos, you know, not just as it relates to gender, but also as also ethnicity, just to be more inclusive and to let people know that, Hey, we, we see you and thank you. You're doing great. Keep it up. You know? Yeah. I, um, I've been very fortunate. I was reached out by the Michigan DNR to help with some photos on exactly what you just talked about. Um, Ethnicity, gender, um, and that how ISA is an international forum for everybody. Mm. So I thought of it uh, as they asked, asked me to help. I'm like, well, this, I think this is a global issue, not just the Michigan issue. So I got them in contact with uh, Alice Bagley, who's another amazing uh, woman, uh, the marketing director at ISA. So we could put a piece together to let everybody know that arboriculture, urban forestry is a great place for everybody to have a really solid career. You know, I'm, I've been coming up on 40 years 
and I am going to, I'm going to retire one day and I'm going to continue to still do it because we talked about the beginning of the podcast. I, I found my notch, <laughs> you know, this is where my heart's at. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I love what I do and I love talking about trees and I love inspiring. And um, I know that the more that I try to learn, the more questions I have. And as long as I continue to have questions and question everything, I'm going to keep doing it. That's, that's great. You're going to, not only are you going to keep doing it, you're also going to keep motivating and inspiring other people to do it. And I know a lot of our inspiration comes from teammates that we have that are also females in this industry, like Rebecca, Rebecca Knapp kicking it in Phoenix, Arizona. She got her ISA arborist very, very quick. I literally think she read the book, took the test. Here she is, but she's amazing, especially with her history in sports turf. Uh, we also have a team back in Boston with with our main jobs uh, over there. We got tons of people, Kristen, Kelly, we so many people, ladies that are doing a great job and, and they should get recognized. And uh, they should also, we should also recruit more people that have their talent to make this world a better place. I mean, really. Yeah, that was very well said. You're right. Now, Rebecca, yeah, she's she's amazing. A little too humble. Um, I don't think she, you know, um, soft-spoken, very humble, but very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're surrounded by amazing women and, um, we got to do a better, better job of letting them know that we appreciate it and show them the respect that they deserve. I think that's what it comes down to. That's what they're asking. Just be respectful. Um, and you know, some of the older, the older arborist, male or female, we got to put we have to put more people under our wings because uh, we do have a dying trade. So, you know, every now and then you connect with somebody, put them on your wing, um, show them what you know, and then uh, they're going to surpass you in a few years. And that's what you want. You want the, that's why I called you grasshopper earlier. You know, eventually uh, the student becomes the teacher. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get them motivated to want to continue in this industry. That'd be a great goal. Yeah. Grasshopper. <laughs> Young Padawan. Wouldn't that be yeah. cool? And then as long as we're talking, you know, kind of on, on females, on our board culture, on progression, you know, I, I do understand, and we don't need to get too political into this, but gender neutral, non-binary, we, we don't care, you know, <laughs> The trees don't care. We need you. And you're you're awesome. And if if you apply yourself to this to this trade, to this career, you're gonna do so well because I, I think the industry we're looking at now is so much more centered on on making you better and, and raising the bar uh altogether. And we need you ultimately. I mean, we do. Yeah, we need everybody. So we need to to realize that what we do in the green industry on both sides, turf and ornamental. There's really no other industry I can think of that really does make a difference on the surface of this earth. You know, yeah. everything's connected. We have to do a better job at protecting it. And trees are just the biggest living organisms. You know, we're kind, it's kind of cool. We get to take care of them. Um, let's share that excitement with people. Yeah. And so, something that I know kind of wrap up here in just a minute or two, but something someone shared with me today is we're all kind of just the interim. There was somebody who had my position before me. There's somebody who's going to have my position after. 
but we're all kind of just the interim. So how do we raise the bar and how do we make the people that follow in our shoes or on our shoulders, how do we make them better? How do we make the world a better place? And ultimately, what was the, that's what, what was about. the word that Rich Power used in the previous podcast? We're only here for an interim. What did he, what term did he use? Yeah, I'm just the interim. Yeah, we're only here for a blink. Yeah. Teach them what you know and let them grow. Teach them what you know and let them grow. Yeah. I like That's that. a good slogan, man. I'm gonna write, let me write that. I'm going to write that, that. That might be the title of this episode, Joe. Teach them what you know and let them grow. Oh, that's that awesome. just kind of rolls off the tongue. But that's what we need to do. Um, right. I had some I had some pretty good um, certified arborists and mentors when I first got into this as a trade. And I'd love to have them on one day just to let them know. Um, one of them passed away in a car accident. Um, a ways back, uh, Chuck Irish. Sure. Um, you know what? And what's interesting is that not all mentors in life give you these positive, um, kumbaya, Rockwellian lessons. Some of them are so god awful that you decide, I never want to do that like that again. <laughs> so, even though, and I want people to know that not all lessons have to be positive. Right. A negative lesson is just as important mm -hmm. that I seen people in my days doing sales presentations. And I thought to myself, that is the most God awful way you communicated with another human being that I will never communicate like that. So in the good of learning what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, take the negative lumps and learn from them too. They're just as important. Well said, Joe. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I, I want to thank you for tonight's conversation. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in. As always, Joe and I really do appreciate you spreading our link, talking about what we're doing here, and hopefully you get some value out of it and recognize some of the females that you might work with uh, this month and, and moving forward in the future and just say, hey, you're doing a good job. Offer words of encouragement. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Do whatever you can to, to make this industry better because we need you. Well said, Corey. Hey, great topic today. Yes, so lots of good information. Yeah, probably one of our best yet. If you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss, please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com. And please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe. And I'm Corey. Signing, Signing out. out.